Because The Help is still in theaters at the time of this recording, the first few minutes of this discussion and review will be spoiler-free. Are you just watching episode 22, The Help? I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for joining us for another episode, actually joining me for another episode of this Are You Just Watching podcast. We share critical thinking for the entertained Christian by giving you Christian movie reviews and teaching you some critical thinking along the way. Critical thinking is about asking questions and ultimately comparing what we see to the Word of God to see how it matches up or if it doesn't match up and how we should be thinking and learning from these things at the same time, not just receiving this stuff and just watching it, but letting it spark thought in our lives and thinking critically about what we're seeing and what we're hearing. The Help is a a very touching movie and a very beautiful movie, but I think it's good at provoking several emotions the way I I felt about it when I tweeted it uh, a quick little review about it is that the help is a beautiful movie that will make you angry laugh and maybe even cry it's I I enjoyed it it was a good movie for the most part it had some foul language and uh, some of the foul language just kept on coming in certain spots but that aside, because that seemed to only be in certain scenes where they focused on that. But that aside, it was a very good movie, uh, encouraging. But yet, I found myself getting angry during it because it was just anger at how these people uh, treated someone else in Jackson, Mississippi, just because of the darkness of their skin. And the way that they were untreated, treated so unfairly and even just outright abused in many cases just made me angry there. But at the same time, there were uh, some really funny parts. Unfortunately, what's kind of the funniest part is also quite um, offensive in uh, what it has and foul language and uh, all mention that more a little bit later. But the movie The Help also had several times where I think it could provoke a tear in your eye. Some things that were very touching, some things that were very beautiful, and some things that were very sad as well. So I I wouldn't recommend The Help if you have younger children because uh, some of the foul language and the way that certain things are glorified and made fun of without consequences. Uh, I think kids could easily get the wrong idea from that. But uh, for older children who you want to encourage them to think critically and discuss this with them afterward, this would be a good movie to see and talk about things like uh, 
the the prejudices that existed in America's earlier history, and what does the Bible actually say about slavery, for example? That's a huge topic there that you could cover. So the help does present many opportunities to discuss these matters with your family and to think critically about what we see as entertainment and also what we hear about civil rights movements and uh, this whole issue of what some people call racism. Um, but I'll mention that in a little bit. So the first, those first few minutes, spoiler free there, no spoilers. The rest of this episode will contain spoilers, but this isn't necessarily a movie with like a big turn at the end. But anyway, if you don't want to hear what happens in the movie, then stop or pause the recording now. And then if you see the movie, please come back and listen. Now, if you um, have already seen the movie or you don't care about being spoiled, then please listen to the rest of this episode. And we want to hear your feedback on this. Send your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx or call 859-353-4332. And you can also leave a comment on the show notes over at areyoujustwatching.com slash 22. And let us know what you thought of The Help. And also you can suggest other movies for us to review or share your thoughts on any movies we've already reviewed. So check that out. And while you're over at areyoujustwatching.com, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and not just downloading on the website or listening, but subscribe for free means that you will get every episode automatically and not miss anything. That way you can see what's going on. And also make sure you're subscribed to the blog itself because we do publish some content on the blog that isn't in the podcast, and we try to mention it in the podcast, but just so it would be great for you to catch that. And before I continue on with the discussion of things that uh, will contain spoilers um, from the movie The Help, let me tell you about some of the things that are coming up with Are You Just Watching? Well, we recently reviewed Captain America, and I hope that you enjoyed that review, and perhaps you have something to add to that. Next, we'll be talking about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, which I think had a lot to talk about. And then also Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean, Pirates of that place, uh, the fourth one um, at uh, Strange World and at World Strange, whatever that one was that just came out. We'll be discussing that. So if you have any feedback on both of those movies, now that they've been out in the theater for a little while, if you have feedback on those please send them to us. Feedback at noodle.mx or 859-353-4332. Please keep your messages to fewer than three minutes and that'll be great. Okay, now we continue on with a spoiler-containing review and discussion of The Help. So The Help is a movie based in Jackson, Mississippi in the 1960s when it was still slavery had long been abolished, but many people were still very racist in their perspective and how they treated people just because of their darker skin, uh, not because of any personal decisions any made anyone made, but because of the color of their skin. And it's not even really color; it's just how much or how little color you have in your skin that affects uh, what 
quote, color, unquote, you are. But the, the help is all about this and uh, this culture in Jackson, Mississippi. And it, it's frustrating to see how uh, these people were treated and they're not slaves, but they're almost treated like slaves. They have very little freedom. They're not treated like equals. They're not even really treated like other human beings. They're, they're treated like slaves, just without the harshness factor of it. And scripture, though, has very little to say about the color of someone's skin. But there's certainly nothing in scripture that encourages prejudice to us. Even when you look at the Old Testament, now people might try and use the Old Testament to say, look, God endorsed slavery and all of this. No, that's not true. You need to understand what slavery meant back then. It was actually quite a good thing back then, uh, quite a good program, really. But uh, so, no, God did not endorse slavery like we know it today, harsh slavery. But also, nowhere did God endorse any kind of persecution on people simply because of the color of their skin. The only time when God would command the Israelites to go wipe out a nation or attack a tribe or something like that was because those people were enemies of God and they had taken something from God. Like in the case of Israel, uh, the children of Israel coming back to the promised land, is this was land promised for the Israelites. And here are these people who worship false gods, which already means they've rebelled against God. And therefore, anyone who has rebelled against God deserves death as a punishment because of rebelling against God and his command. But then worshiping false gods and stealing the land from the Israelites, God was entirely just in having the children of Israel to wipe out these people. Now, they were certainly offered chances, uh, but they didn't take that up because they did not respect God, the one true God, uh, the God of Israel. Now, in, in the, the help, a tornado hit the town, and one of the women says, God don't pay no mind to color, once he sets her tornado loose. And that reminded me of what Jesus Christ said in Matthew five forty-five. He said, He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I think it's funny sometimes to see Christians who are praying certain ways, like, God, please make it rain on my crops that I'm growing, but don't let it rain on that sinner down the street and this kind of stuff. But like it says, God causes the sun to shine on both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. There are cases, I think, where God does miracles and can prevent things within a certain area, and we see that in Scripture. And we've seen that many times uh, today, too, uh, where weather, foul weather is held back or diverted or whatever, and it seems in a way that God is working maybe to um, allow something to happen that glorifies him. But even if it does rain in these cases, can God still be glorified? Oh, yeah. Can he still use it to uh, further his gospel? Oh, yeah, sure. See, we just, we have feeble minds. Uh, Also in 
Acts 10, 34 to 35, it says, Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality, but in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. So scripture is clear that there really aren't races, except I like the way that I've heard um, the great apologist, uh, Ken Ham and um, Christian speaker and creationist speaker say that it's not that there are many races. There are only two races. You're either racing toward God and heaven or racing toward hell away from God. And which race are you in the heaven bound or the hell bound race? Some people might claim that there's this whole curse of ham thing and that's why the black people are have been enslaved and all of this. But that no, that is an unbiblical view and it's a misinterpretation of scripture. And really, I will call Christians out on this and say, how dare you try to use scripture to support a man's sinful philosophy of racism and say that this cruel act against people, many of whom have given their lives to Christ, that this cruel act to them is because of a great, 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 great grandfather's sin. Scripture says that God visits peace to those, to the generations of those who follow him. Yes, he visits punishment on those who rebel against him, but as soon as someone has repented, it changes the pattern. So this whole curse of ham thing is nonsense. If you check out the show notes over at areyoujustwatching.com slash 22, you'll find a link there to an article, a rather long article, but just search for it for Curse of Ham from Answers in Genesis, where they uh, very well refute the idea of this Curse of Ham. And I don't have time to get into that for now, but just it's completely unbiblical to uh, quote that. I think it's also interesting that in Jesus's time, or when Jesus walked the earth and he told these parables, he would often use characters from people groups and cultures that were looked down upon in that day. It would be like in if he were around, if, if the New Testament happened in the 60s or 50s, it would have been as if Jesus were, were telling these stories and using black people in the stories. Uh, that's what it was like back then. He, he talked about Samaritans and others who were hated by Israelites. But see, Jesus didn't come to save just the Israelites. He came to give the gospel to all who would listen. So it's not, uh, it's again, not saying that the gospel is only for one group or we should only be uh, segregated into a certain group, but that they're, the the color is is not an issue. We are humans. We are created by God in God's image. So to say that someone else is a lesser creature because of how they were born beyond their control and by no decision of their own, that they were born with darker skin, to say that that means they deserve penalties and punishments and slavery and all of this stuff. That is ridiculous. That is not biblical. And don't let that happen. 
Christians should really be out there leading these issues on what we know as civil rights, but in defending the rights of those who uh, are just simply their bodies are different than ours. And really, if you look at it scientifically, there's more genetic similarity between the what we might call different quote races unquote then there is there's there's more less uh difference between us and them than there is between within our individual race uh what we might call a race so between like my wife and I for example less or more genetic difference between us than me and uh someone of asian descent or african descent or whatever different kind of people groups and uh, physical characteristics. And that's the thing. It's all just physical characteristics. It really doesn't matter what's on the outside. What matters is what's on the inside. And like we've talked about that uh, last week in Captain America review is that uh, God looks at the heart, not at the outside, but at the heart. And where is our heart? Is it with God or is it in rebellion against God? Jesus Christ also said, uh, going back to Matthew 5, but now more verses from that, Matthew 5, 44 to 46, Jesus said, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? See, we need to be loving uh, not just those who love us, but those who don't love us. Loving the unlovable, and that is hard. Now, I can't get into uh, more about the racism issue and all of that, but I highly recommend that you look at some of the resources from Answers in Genesis as they have a bunch of articles to address this. And I have a link to that in the show notes over at areyoujustwatching.com slash 22. And while you're there, make sure you're subscribed. A, a sad part of the help is seeing the parenting aspects and what happens to the, the you know what, I hate using the term whites and blacks. Uh, <laughs> but in this case, there's really no other term to use. Uh, I, I certainly am not a fan of the term African-American because they're Americans now. If they're born in America, they're, uh, they're Americans. But uh, just for the sake of simplicity, please bear with me. I, I'm going to use the term whites and blacks, uh, even though I don't like that term. And I hope you don't mind. But just for the sake of simplicity, that's what I'm going to do. So in The Help, the white families would hire these black women as help or the help to the black women who would do all the housework, the cleaning, the cooking, and even child raising for these families to the point that one of the little girls said to um, her mother's maid, who is Ab- Abilene, Abilene, she said, you're my real mama. Because Abilene had given more love and care to that child than the child's own mother. That's a sad place to be in, but we have that even today, although we don't have the same kind of thing, is that parents are not being parents to the children. And that is, that's uh, completely unheard of. Aberlein, uh, I, a, I, 
abling, <laughs> went so far as um, even calling one of the couples unfit to be parents, saying uh, that they shouldn't even have more children. And what's also sad and brought out by uh, the women as their mothers of their own children is they say that they have to spend all of their time raising someone else's baby and not getting to raise their own babies. And that's a sad state, separating the children from their parents. Psalm 127.3 says, Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. So why? It, it's not right for parents of wealthy white children or whatever in this storyline, as we're using the terms, to rob the parents of the blessing of the gift that God has given them in saying, you can't raise your own kids. You have to raise my kids. Also, I think it's interesting, uh, Malachi 4, 6, which Jesus then quoted in uh, Luke 1, 17, referring to John the Baptist. But in Malachi 4, 6, it says, He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. There are many, many verses in Scripture about parenting and how the parents should be involved in the parenting. Oh, it's so, oh, it's so profoundly obvious, but so many people miss it. And I, I understand that there are certain situations where it just can't happen, but God's design is for the parents to be the parents of their children. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Not fathers, hire someone else to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. No. And in the help, we see this illustrated by uh, Abilene's um, taking care of this little girl. And Abilene is helping this girl be uh, potty trained and encouraging her and uh, showing her love and telling her how special she is. We never, I don't think we ever saw Abilene discipline the girl, but uh, there probably was some of that going on. And then the mother is portrayed as just the child is an inconvenience to her and the mother is always angry at her and disciplining and not taking good care of the child. And Certainly, that's that was probably the case back then, but parents should be parents to their children. That's the whole part of being parents. Courage is a strong theme in this because Skeeter, the main character, uh, is doing something very courageous, that she has this, this rather unconventional friendship and in many ways was technically against the law what she was planning to do to collaborate with a black woman on this book that they were writing. But she she put that aside because she believed that she needed to stand up for something, to do the right thing. And because of the, the racism and prejudice and all of that within uh, Jackson, Mississippi, it was... Uh, more than just a legal issue. It was also uh, an issue with her friends, some of them her best friends, or that she was in their wedding. And 
uh, here she was going to do something that would potentially cost her friendships and ultimately did cost her friendships. And at one point we hear things like uh, courage is standing up for the right, is doing the right thing, even when it's hard and all of this. And it's good to stand up for what's right, but right, and I put that, would consider that in quotation marks, is uh, really meaningless if you don't have a foundation in the absolute morality of God's word. Because without a God of order and structure who created everything and set the rules, and rightly so if he created it, without all of that, then what's right is up to interpretation by anyone. And we actually see that. Because question, if you see the movie or if you've already seen it, ask this question or consider this. How many of the characters are standing up for what they feel is right? All of them are. Do you realize that? All of the characters are standing up for what they feel is right. Now, we can see, though, clearly that some of the characters, like Hilly, uh, Hilly Holbrook, or Holbrook, was not doing the right kind of right, and that Skeeter wanted to stand up for... Um, equal rights and treating these people fairly. But uh, Hilly was trying to pass a bill in Congress that would do all these things like require black people to have their own bathrooms or not be allowed to eat in the same house or all this ridiculous stuff. And she was standing up for what she believed is right. That's courage, but it's misplaced courage. So don't be fooled by this idea of courage, because what's more important is if you're going to stand up for something, make sure you're standing up for what is truly right. And we need to base that on the principles of scripture and what does God say. And when it's not something clearly laid out in scripture, then we can certainly take wisdom from scripture to understand what would... uh, what would God want us to be doing? And are we on God's side? Not as God on our side, but is, are we on God's side? At the end of the movie, after Skeeter has already published the book, her mother has this <laughs> outrage at someone who is angry at Skeeter. And you kind of see Skeeter's mom just turn around. And then she, she's really proud of her daughter. And she says that, uh, she says to Skeeter, you've brought courage back to this family. And she was proud of that. And she said, courage skips a generation, Uh, whatever. But consider this, if it wasn't for pen and paper, were Skeeter's actions really courageous? How much was she really standing up for what's truly right without her pencil and paper? Yes, it was very difficult to do, And scripture tells us to be cunning as serpents, but harmless as doves. Sometimes we Christians only get one or the other. But we we do need to work within the talents that God has given us. But don't hide behind certain things, just like many Christians are inclined to hide behind the excuse of, well, let me pray about that before I commit to anything. Now, you you just do... uh, Look at what's the wise thing to do and stand up for what's right. Defend 
the helpless. We talked about that a lot. Go back and listen to episode 21 if you haven't heard it yet. Are you just watching.com slash 21 when we talked about Captain America? Because Captain America's whole theme was standing up for the helpless and defenseless people and knocking out or taking out the bully, stopping the bully. Love is uh, brought up throughout this, and there's a, a sermon or not really a sermon, but there's just a point where we see a pastor gives a little message and he says, love is putting yourself, or he doesn't say this, but this is, I don't think he said it, but this line is said at some point in the movie, love is putting yourself in harm's way for others. And this is supported by scripture. Uh, Jesus Christ said in Matthew 12, 31, talking about the greatest commandments, he says, uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, the first one was, of course, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. But even more than that, how much are we to love our neighbor? What's a measure of this? John fifteen thirteen says, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. That's the level of love we should be prepared to give to others. And also in several times in the help, the phrase, love your enemies, is quoted. And that does come from Jesus' own sermons, but Jesus isn't quite given credit for that. Look at Luke six twenty-seven through 36. Longer passage, but uh, there's so much here that applies to this. Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. But if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. A good challenge there from Jesus Christ's uh, words, spoken words. Now there's this idea of what does it take to love someone? And they talk about the truth. And writing this book, The Help, is all about getting the truth out there. And a lot of movies talk about the truth as like this vague kind of concept. And in The Help, the truth was merely an account of what was going on behind these closed doors and how people were really being treated and all of this. And in some sense, when the book came out, it almost shouldn't be too shocking because the people knew they were some of these people and they were doing some of these things. But yet it was also shocking for people who weren't doing that or weren't familiar with what was happening in Jackson, Mississippi. Abilene warned Skeeter at one point uh, before they started. She said, what if you don't like what I have to say about white people? 
And Skeeter replied to that saying, it's not about me. See, Skeeter was after the truth uh, in the sense of an account of what had actually happened. And she wanted to, actually her motivation wasn't even really to stop what was going on. It was just to expose what was going on. That was her part that she wanted to play in this, just to expose it. And it was all part of really, uh, you could maybe question her motives because she was doing this as an assignment, but it was also something that she had a passionate about, uh, had a passion about. And near the end of the movie, Abilene has this little monologue as she's walking away. She says, loving our enemies can be hard, but it starts by telling the truth. And that is true. We, we love when we tell the truth. We hear this phrase, don't sugarcoat it and all of that. Now, we need to be loving in how we tell the truth. But it's not loving to tell a sinner that, oh, your sin is okay. And you know what? When I say sinner, you probably think of someone who's in some terrible sin. But no, we all deserve God's judgment with any lie, stealing anything of any value, or just a thought of lust in our hearts. And we have broken God's commands and therefore worthy of his judgment because he is a just God who cannot allow sin and cannot allow rebellion against his laws. So we all deserve it just as much as people who commit the what we call big sins. There is no size of sins to God. It's you break one, you've broken God's law. That's it. But also, I didn't get the exact wording of this statement, but it was something about um, the truth setting, uh, making, bringing freedom or the truth setting free, which reminds me of Jesus Christ's words in John eight thirty one through 33. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. See, it's not just the truth of what's happening that brings freedom. Really, for us, it's the truth of what happened. What did we do? What did Adam do in introducing sin into the world and rebelling against God's command? What did we do? We deserve sin. But what did God do to give us an opportunity to be saved? And now, what did God do to demonstrate his love and how can we extend that to others? A couple other things that I caught from the help are that uh, the scene that uh, made me angry is this one woman needed money, only $75, which, yeah, back then was much more than it is now. But she needed money to send her two children to college, her two children that she, by the way, was not getting to be a mother to them. I don't know who was getting to be a mother to them, but she needed money to send her two children to college, and she needed just a little bit left of this big expense. And she asked her family, and the family uh, pushed it off. The father even just walked out and used lied and used an excuse that he had to leave. And then the mother had the audacity to podcast, no, had the audacity to 
use her Christianity. And the words that she actually said were, as a Christian, I'm doing you a favor. God don't give charity to those who, and then she basically said something like, are well off. And that that uh, if she were to help this woman, that uh, it would be violating God's commands and all of this nasty stuff. And oh, it just, it frustrated me to see her using her Christianity to try and say uh, no or, and she's putting words in God's mouth, words that God did not speak. And we can tend to do that a lot. I, I'll confess that as I was writing these uh, show notes, I wrote down um, a verse that I wanted to look up where it says, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. <laughs> and you know what? I was silly enough to write that down. It's not scriptural at all. That um, Well, the concept, yes, is scriptural, but that's not actually scripture. So we need to be very careful that we don't use scripture as an excuse uh, to not do what God wants us to do or uh, what would be honoring to him. I thought it was funny that uh, the editor that was working with Skeeter as she wrote this book said uh, that she better write it before the whole civil rights thing blows over. Sadly, it hasn't blown over since then. And that's not because of America or anything like that. It's because we're still sinful creatures who are inclined to be prejudiced against people and not love like God wants us to. And uh, like I mentioned in the quick little review at the beginning, the funniest part of the movie, uh, and I say funny, uh, it's funny, yeah, but it's also quite offensive and has a lot of foul language and gross descriptions. And it's not just that one time that it's a part of the movie, but it's recanted several times, or re, uh, not recanted, I think that. Um, it's it's referred to several times uh, throughout the movie, but it's never condemned. And it's a very gross, very vile thing. And, uh, well, uh, Meanie, Meanie uh, says, uh, eat my poop, but she didn't use the word poop. <laughs> and it the dialogue of that just goes on for a while and then it's quoted again later and all of this and yeah it's funny but also gross offensive and you realize that it's never condemned in the movie but in many ways it's actually praised in the movie and uh, that should not be like that so what did you think of the help please send your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx you can send audio files to that or call in to 859-353-4332 or leave a comment on the show notes and get some of these links that I've mentioned over at areyoujustwatching.com slash 22. The help is all about the prejudice of white people against black people. Let's change that a little bit and ask this question. Are Christians prejudiced? We get called this a lot. I have been called this many times on Twitter on Facebook, uh, many different places, social networks, people have called me prejudice and bigoted and all of this. So 
Look at the situation of the help. Now take the black people out and put in there people who um, do something else. For example, let's say homosexuality practicing gays and lesbians. How does that change the situation? Okay, use critical thinking here. How does that change the situation? Actually, that changes many things because homosexuality is a willful rebellion against God's law and it's a perversion of his creation, how he has designed us and how he has designed sex to be between a man and a woman within marriage. So we're no longer talking about a situation of uh, where people are being wrongly persecuted or getting this prejudice because they uh, had no choice because they were born that way with darker skin or can't change something about themselves. Now we're talking about a situation where people are uh, making willful decisions in their lives and behaving a certain way out of their own choice. It's not forced on them but it is a willful behavior. It's very different. And we're then talking about basically sin. So how do we treat sinners? And again, it goes back to, is it really the size of the sin that matters? No, it it isn't. But uh, God calls us to live and love our enemies. As I've already mentioned a couple times that Jesus told us to love our enemies And sinners are not our enemies. But hating those who sin is not allowing God's love to those people through us. Hate is not love. So we're not showing God's love by hating the people who sin. Because after all, we sin. So do we hate ourselves? Do do we hate our children? Because, well, do you? I don't have kids yet. But do you hate your children because they sin? No, you hate what they do, but you love them. You teach them the truth, hopefully in love, if you're a parent, uh, to your own kids. But we don't, we don't show them a prejudice because they make these willful decisions to disobey against your leadership. So we should still preach the truth and do so without compromising God's word. But our goal shouldn't be that we are going to change people. No, only God and the Holy Spirit can change someone else's soul. And that's through the word of God that uh, he changes people and through the Holy Spirit, not through us. We get to be the instrument of taking God's word to people and helping them to see God uh, through his word. But it's not for us to condemn people because of their sin. We aren't to condemn anyone. That It's God's job to condemn. And scripture says, judge not lest you be judged, but other places it does tell us to judge, or rather to discern. A better words to use are discern and condemn. We can discern, we can teach, we can love, show the truth in love, but it's not for us to condemn. Because after all, there is no different place in hell for 
sinners, other sinners like homosexual uh, people or uh, uh, pornographers or any kind of sin, adulterers or thieves or robbers or murderers or any of this, there there is no different place in hell for them than there was for us before we, we received Christ as our Savior and received what he did on the cross for us. And we forget that. We forget too easily that we are just, were just, and even still are, if it wasn't through for Christ, but we are just as deserving of hell and eternal punishment as they are, regardless of the sin. But it's because we have rebelled against a holy, infinite, all-powerful, loving God. And yes, loving God, that he in his love is just. But we deserve the same hell. And we aren't any better than they are. But it is Christ through us that saves us from that hell. So as Christians, we should not be prejudiced against people because of decisions they've made. And by prejudice, I mean mistreating them. Scripture does teach in certain ways of how we are to treat uh, people, but even Jesus Christ ate with sinners and drank with sinners, and that made the Pharisees of his day very upset because they were thinking, what's he doing hanging out with these filthy sinners? You know, some of them were probably uh, adulterers. Some of them might have been thieves. Uh, Some of them could have even been murderers. What is Jesus Christ doing hanging around those guys? He shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Do you see see the irony here? So we should not be practicing prejudice. Instead, we should be preaching the truth. We should be extending love. And we need to be standing up for what is truly right according to God's word and protecting and defending those who can't or those who need it. Because every life out there is a life that could be saved by Jesus Christ and a life that is loved by God and that God wants redeemed uh, to himself. So who are we then to say that that other person is deserving hell or deserves terrible mistreatment? No, that's not our place to do to condemn them. It's our place to show love to them, which can be the hardest thing to do as Christians. So that's my little tangent there, applying some critical thinking to ourselves. So what did you think of The Help? Especially if you've read the book, I would love to hear from you. And there were many people in the theater who had read the book, and uh, they were saying things about the movie based on the book and all of this. And if you've read the book or seen the movie or even just seen the trailer, we would love to hear from you what you think about it. Uh, about the movie, The Help, and what you think about the things that I've shared with you today. Be sure that you check out the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 22 and ensure that you're subscribed. Let us know what you think by sending your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx or call in to 859-353-4332. You can follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle or follow Eve Franklin at twitter.com slash Eve Franklin. So for E. Franklin, I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening. And don't just watch. 
Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Our opening vocal talent was thanks to Mariah. The theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis. For more great podcasts like this one, visit the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx. Please remember that I am now self-employed, so I am looking for work. If you need a website designed, or especially if you're a podcaster and you want a website or need help starting your podcast, or you need cover art for your podcast, please email this address, daniel at djosephdesign.com, and check out my podcast about podcasting at theaudacitypodcast.com. And if you need cover art for your podcast, go to podcastcoverart.com, where you can get some beautiful cover art done for your podcast, if I do say so myself, and check that out. And I would be very grateful for that if uh, I could design some stuff for you and then eat next month. It's not that bad, but I would be grateful if you would send me some business or refer your friends or family to me for business. And I'll give you a little referral income there for you, affiliate fees and whatever you want to call it. So check that out, podcastcoverart.com and email daniel at djosephdesign.com. Thank you.